homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with Vicki and Kim, and we are delighted to be talking with you today about all things homeschool high school. So, uh, yeah, we have Quella the Seeing Eye puppy here with us again this morning, but she is snoozing happily at the moment, so... You might hear her snore. I don't know. You you might. uh, You might hear a tail thump here and there. And you might just hear a jingle because I did forget her podcasting collar. So, Yes, she does have a special podcasting collar that she she usually wears. (laughs) It it, it matches our special podcasting egg crates that are hanging behind the mics. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. I do. I have this very attractive setup in the office here with a folding screen covered with a sheet that has egg cartons safety pinned to it. <laughs> but you know, I found it on Pinterest. And so it must be true <laughs> that that's what people who do home recording studios do. There you go. <laughs> wow. righty then. And if it's on Pinterest, oh. it has to be awesome. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. So um, today we're going to talk about literature and we're going to talk about a Novel approach to <laughs> literature. <laughs> Vicky is being so punny today. Uh-huh. As we started uh, hashing out our topic when she got here, she came up with that, and we all just about fell over because <laughs> we like puns. at least we amuse ourselves. That's so. right. That's right. We were we're going to talk about high school literature and moving away from some of the stuck places that maybe your brain has gotten into when you think of what should be included in your teen's literature learning. Yeah, because I think most Mm -hmm. of us, when we were in high school, at least back when they were dinosaurs and I was in high school, (laughs) the only thing that counted as literature were old novels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they had to be old. Well, they could be old plays as long as they were like Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could count that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a little bit younger than Vicky, like two or three years (laughs) And we were allowed to read old short stories, too. Oh, now we did get did in you? middle you school, go. you could yep. count short stories. Yeah, like the Telltale Heart and, yeah. you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But there's there's actually a lot of different ways to approach literature learning in high school. And especially for kids who are not just natural bookworms, it's good to, um, to kind of come at it from a variety of angles to keep the interest up. You mean there's not one right, right way mm. to cover literature? Uh-oh. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> so as we like to do in pretty much everything we talk about educationally, let's talk a little bit about why. Why it's even something to think about. You know, why not just grab a book list that's a recommended book list and just read the books on the book list and say, there, you know, we did literature. We're good, Right. Ooh, pick me, because that can be really boring. <laughs> I was raising my hand. She was. She was very polite. I she was. did raise her hand. Yes. <laughs> but I did sound like Arnold Horshack. <laughs> if you're if you're older, if you don't know who he is, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just Google him. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. 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 You're you drew in breath, Vicky. Go ahead. <laughs> I saw you draw in breath just as I had to have said that it all that out. So anyway. Some kids, once they graduate high school, will never read another novel again. Mm-hmm. But there are other kinds of literature, if we allow our brains to expand, that are really literature that they will read again and do or experience again. Mm-hmm. And it would be valuable to them. So if they learn some literature tools, 
when they're in high school, those kind of literature tools can help them the rest of their lives. Right. Mm. Right. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about written words, period. Why do people write things down? Why is this a valuable thing in our world for human beings? You know, it's the, I enjoy so much talking with teenagers in our local community, and it is both sad and adorable to me how their little eyes bug out of their head when I point out that writing is communicating in the same way that having a conversation with someone is communicating. And we think about how it's important to choose our words carefully and to communicate what we intend to communicate to others, but to also communicate feelings and communicate relationship and communicate dreams. And and that written communication is still communication. Oh, you mean writing isn't an assignment? It's uh, communication? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, how important for us moms to remember yeah. that, not just our yeah. students. Because yeah. when you look at it as just an assignment, it can become way more drudgery mm-hmm. for both of us. Right. For, and for it can squash and all of the ideas that you want to communicate and all of the feelings and all the, it can squash yeah. all of that and bog it down totally uh, uh, the rules for the form. Right. And mm. oh, don't get me wrong. The rules for form are super important yes. and you really do have to practice them again and again and again and again before they become strong and, and um, something you can rely on. But writing is not just about the form. Yeah. And um, so, okay, so if that's, if that's what writing is, then as we read someone else's writing, we have an opportunity to form a connection with the person who wrote it. To form a connection with the person who wrote it, not read for an assignment. Right. And not read to comprehend and get the answers right about the content. Oh my goodness, this is revolutionary. It is, wow. isn't it? It's a novel idea. idea. You mean like it might actually change the way we think or view the world? It just or might. something like that? Yeah, but so what if you read something in order to have some sort of connection with the author? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That makes a whole different feel to an assignment. Yes. Mm. And, and it's a whole different feel to how you're then going to choose what reading is assigned because yes. it's, yeah. it's not that our teens should just read whatever they feel like reading and we shouldn't assign particular titles, but it's really going to help us as homeschool parents to choose mm-hmm. and to choose wisely. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, and we often, we often talk about our why you started out talking about our why it's also helpful for us to think about what's the author's why, mm-hmm. what was their point? Not mm-hmm. just what did they say? Mm-hmm. But what was their goal? Why did they even write this in the first place? Why, why did they want to connect with yes, other people? Right. Yeah. What, what were they the... trying to share? What were yeah. they trying to communicate? Yeah. 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 So, okay. So novels, yes. Actually, reading novels is a super wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And reading short stories is a super wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And the way that you count those as books is you keep a general idea of about how many pages. And when it gets to something that seems like a reasonable amount of time was invested in this by your teenager, <laughs> you can call that collection of short stories a book. Yes. <laughs> yes. doesn't actually have to have been published as a book by a publisher in order, if you read 10 short stories that had meat to them, 
that's probably about the same as a book. Yeah, and that's that's what we've generally told the kids. If mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a a quality short story, if you put ten together, it's pretty similar to the length of a not hugely long, not Tolstoy or something, right. yeah. but uh, you know, decent. But Fahrenheit mm-hmm. four five one, you know, yeah, it's not yeah, right. the world's longest novel, and yet yeah. it's a book, and mm-hmm. it's meaningful. Uh, poetry. Oh yes, Ooh. let's read poetry. Poetry. Vicky's, there's oh. a light around Vicky now. There, oh, we said the word poetry. Now. That's right. And you know, lest I muddy this too much, instead of just reading poetry, encourage oh, your please. teen to experience poetry, because poetry is really not just to be read; it's to be engaged with and experienced. And you should have freedom to just react to it and to taste it and to, yeah. Anyway. I, I, think, I get all excited too. <laughs> if if parents don't know what to do with poetry, start by going to my Pinterest poetry board. Because ah. if it's on Pinterest, you know it has value. It's, it's Vicky awesome. Tillman. Vicky Tillman. Yeah, I'll put yep. the links because I've saved a bunch of really cool, um, famous people reading poetry. Like, oh, can you imagine Benedict Cumberbatch <sighs> reading any kind of poetry? Oh, yeah. It's like James Earl Jones reading anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so it will make you, anybody love poetry. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And you made that point. I was listening to Sabrina's Facebook Live, shameless plug, on the way here this morning about poetry. And I really feel like that can be so valuable about any kind of written word. You mentioned poetry and certainly plays and things like that. But even books, sometimes hearing a good reader read a book aloud can be so powerful compared to maybe, you know, maybe as a mom, you're a great storytelling reader or maybe you're not or it's not a book you're particularly interested in. Or maybe your kids aren't the kind of kids who have super great imaginations and don't do a lot in their head when they're reading it themselves. So that can be really powerful, mm-hmm. too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with poetry, if kids can pick a poem to memorize, mm. not something that's a gazillion lines long, but just because it's good to memorize things, mm-hmm. sometimes that can be a very powerful like soul-building experience. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, if you have a kid who is not good at memorizing, they will probably do a better job memorizing a poem that is in meter because yep. meter helps you yeah. learn. And, in and fact, it's like music. Yeah, it's it's like with music. And, and that's one of the reasons that Shakespeare wrote in iambic pentameter because his the cast had very little time to learn. Oh. They, they were doing so many plays in repertory all the time, and they would often have just a few days to memorize an entire script. Wow. And one of the reasons that the bulk of it was written in, in um, iambic pentameter was to help them. I didn't know that. But a little bit of trivia. Oh, my gosh. A little bit of trivia. So, yeah. So if you've got a kid who says, I can't memorize stuff, give them a poem with, mm-hmm. with a simple meter, and they will find that they really can memorize it much more easily than they thought they could. And if you have them write some very simple poetry, not like they have to go mm-hmm. be a quality poet, they don't have to be talented in poetry, but just to have the chance to figure out what an iambic pentameter line is yeah. and to, to control their words in a poetic form makes even kids who hate poetry 
like come alive. Yes. It certainly yes. gives you an appreciation for it, if nothing else. You're like, wow, that yeah. person really but had it, to work hard But it can feel like this. a game to kids who are not right. word nerds at yeah. all. The having to having to work with the structure like then starts to feel like a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. it can be really um, it can really turn a light on for kids who don't think that mm. they're going to like it. I can remember one of the classes I taught with the the homeschool group classes. One of the young fellows in the he was like a junior was uh, writing poetry with and he was going to grow up and be a firefighter that was his life goal he didn't care about reading he didn't care about writing but he had to do a writing class to uh-huh. get the, you know he's got to get his language arts credit yep. and so he was a polite young fellow but he let it be known to start you know I can't do this and we just we yeah we explained this is like a puzzle this is a game and what we do is play with the, the syllables and the rhymes, and you don't have to make it good. Mm-hmm. We're just playing with this. Mm-hmm. And by the end, he was really having fun with it because the, the pressure to perform was off. Oh, beautiful. And he just had the joy of the literature, the, the creating. Cool. Mm, the process. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's How awesome. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, we could do an entire episode on all the interesting things that happen in your brain. I'm sure Vicki could tell us lots oh, of wow. things about using the parts of your brain that you're not using as a firefighter that you then start <laughs> using as a poet and, and all of that good stuff. But um, okay, so back to when we're earning that, that literature credit for a year in high school. So including novels, including short stories, including poetry. Um, biography and autobiography are often things that we attach to history and there are some that are just tremendously well-written literature. Absolutely, yeah. And that could be something that really um, shakes up a year mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. some kids will really connect with the person and the history around yeah. that person mm-hmm. and the impact that they made on the world. And yep. um, it can kind of light a, light a fire under the literature learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think my youngest kids, one of their most impactful books they read um, early in high school was God Smuggler. Mm. And, oh, uh, this, such a good one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. If you it's haven't a read it biography. Yet, read it. Yes. Mom's highly recommended God Smuggler by Brother Andrew. And yeah. there is a literature study guide at Seven Sisters to go along with that. There are literature study guides to go along with British poetry. Mm-hmm. If you're um, trying to explore that, there are poetry writing guides. If yeah. you're moving beyond just the reading of poetry and are writing it. Um, plays. Absolutely. Mm. Plays. And plays are absolutely, positively, no doubt, better if you read them aloud. Because mm. they're oh. designed to uh-huh. be shared aloud. Reader's Theater. Reader's Theater yeah. is the bomb. We're it's... doing Reader's Theater King Lear with my, with my local class oh, on, oh, on Thursday. I can't wait. We're not doing nice. the whole play, but we're doing cuttings. And I cannot wait. So can you hear. explain Reader's Theater? Because I'll be honest with you, when until I did it with you, I'm like, what's Reader's Theater? <laughs> yeah, it sounds very intimidating. It does. It so there are like two different versions. Theater. There's, there's Reader's Theater that is a, a professional event that people go to. And it is where professional actors have not prepared, rehearsed, and are not going to act out with movement, but they know their parts very, very well. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, they are holding scripts, and typically they are sitting on cool wooden stools in a black box theater because it just looks oh so artsy. Um, But that that is a reader's theater event that would be well worth your buying inexpensive tickets to because the tickets are usually super cheap Mm -hmm. because they didn't have to pay for sets in a big venue. Mm -hmm. So that is a lovely, wonderful Mm -hmm. experience, and if you get the chance to do it, do it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that you can do for yourself in your homeschool within your family or certainly within your co-op or group class is choose a play and gather together for, assume you're going to need three or four hours and uh, have copies for everyone. And you can do it one of two ways. You can either assign characters and this person will, will be reading for this character and and that is... Um, then going to have the lion's share of the reading on a couple of kids. And if it's if it's a group that is maybe a little intimidated by this and you've got a couple kids who feel really confident, that's a great way to do it. Or you can just read around the circle and people just read whatever line comes next and it doesn't matter who's reading what. And they're all following along visually. But the goal is to not just manage to form the words and spit them out. It is to read them with some feeling and with a storytelling tone in your voice. And because it is a play and is written... These characters' lines, if the playwright is any good, all of these characters' lines are going to sound like that character. Mm -hmm. And the kids will pick up on that very quickly. And you will find that every time it comes to the next person, even if that person's never read for that character before, they're going to adopt a tone or an Mm -hmm. attitude or a certain, you know. And it really, it brings the, the reading to life. And then you assign someone who will read all of the stage directions and descriptive stuff so that that visual piece of it is happening in everybody's imagination at the same time and it's so fun it is fun yeah. and it just brings oh, and you should have life. food you should always have food oh you must have, have food yeah, just so you take breaks in between x and yeah, have snacks, snacks. That's, right. that's right yeah we we did that one time with a group of families and the adults and the teens oh, did it together. all did that oh, together nice. and the little kids ran around and played and you know mm. because it wasn't a formal event we were right. just having fun and yeah. we did um, much Ado About Nothing, so okay. I got some Shakespeare, Fine. and I think we did The Importance of Being Earnest. Uh-huh. good one. So That's you can never do did The Crucible. Crucible. Yeah. We did Pygmalion. Yep. We did The Importance of Being Earnest. Um, and there was one other one. Our Town? I believe that's that's a good one to do, yeah. and and you can't do it wrong. No, yeah. like if you mess right. up a line, like you're Doesn't not matter. getting graded. No. It's an experience, and there's no yeah. audience watching you. You're all sitting in a big circle. Yeah, and you're just yeah, yeah you're just experiencing it together. So that's readers theater. That's how you yeah. do that, and it's a great Beautiful. way to experience plays as literature. And, yes. play, and oh, and I'm gonna put a huge plug in here because I had a mom not long ago actually who said to me. I'm not a big fan of using plays for literature because plays were written to be performed, and I feel like it's not. It's not the mm-hmm. truest response, yeah, yeah, expression of it. Um, and I said that I disagree because I think that unless a kid is interested in acting, he or she will probably never open a play and look at how it is actually written and all the stage direction and all the depth of information that is there that never gets spoken aloud to an audience. Oh. And so if you are an actor, you come to just be amazed by the depth of writing. Mm-hmm. that the playwright puts in there that never gets spoken aloud to the mm. audience. But if you're never in a play, you never see it. Mm. Right. And and just because it's not in a binded book novel form doesn't mean it's not literature. Right. Yeah. And so to, to be a literature snob denies the kids an opportunity to experience the richness of the world that's out there. Absolutely. 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 Exactly. And Sabrina is also a playwright, so and she's an actress. She's just come off a run in a <laughs> comedy, um, and so and and some of us, um, Sabrina did drama camps in our community with our teens for years. Many moons. And I had the we've all had the blessing and privilege of having our kids be a part of that, and I had the blessing and privilege of just being able to be a 
a little, a little helper go gopher person and just watch that whole process and pretty cool. the, the richness is it truly is the the stuff that doesn't ever get spoken mm -hmm. um but that is in there and you can even check out some of sabrina's plays they're there so well, here's another here's another tidbit for you so um i gave you the, the shakespeare thing earlier about iambic pentameter check off mm. his plays if you read them you will be amazed if you count how many places he put pause in parentheses oh, in, wow. in someone's line and it's because he believed that the the most meaning in anything that he wrote the most meaning was communicated in the pause mm. now you can watch a good production of a Chekhov play and you will notice a certain rhythm and that there there are a lot of these these deep pauses but until you read one of his plays and see it written in there you don't get the power of what he was really saying. He, with his written words, he was communicating meaning in the pauses. Mm. That is cool, the isn't thing it? Ever. Well, you know, in, in counseling, and in my work is counseling, one of the most important things we do is, is listen to the pauses and what happens in the silence in a session. Yeah. So there's that. That is. Oh, see, that no, no, goes bumpy. Okay, yeah. I just, a dramatic cool pause. Yeah. Like we just think of that as an expression, but, but it's, it's not real. It's, real. it's, it's very real. real. Yeah. So these are the things, y'all, that that we want to encourage you to share with your teens. Yeah. yeah. Because they're not going to automatically think of them. Most yeah. adults are not automatically thinking right. about yeah. it. And if you if you just ask that <clears throat> question and point your kids' attention to it for a moment, and then see what happens when they go. Oh, mm. there's some really precious learning that happens. Yeah. So, so we can count as literature short stories and poetry and biographies and plays. So let's get wild and crazy. Okay, let's do it. Can you count a movie? <gasps> well, you know, yes! nobody, nobody just goes yes! and just makes a movie. It has a screenplay. Yes, it does. That is guiding every bit of it. No. Every bit, and of are it. they not often based on a book? They are often or based they on a book. Or they a book in the other yeah. direction. Yeah. yeah. And and is there a set of themes or form rules or vocabulary or character development? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is there Plot. something that goes into yeah. movie making? There certainly is. There certainly is, and it's it's storytelling. Mm -hmm. And we recognize the, the literary elements in a written story that we share with our kids. If we help them notice those exact same literary elements are present in a movie that they're watching, they're probably not going to notice it if we don't draw their attention to it. Mm. Absolutely. So but it's there. Passive just watching a movie would not be no. a literature thing. But to study it as literature mm -hmm. might be something that's valuable since not every kid's going to read a book after high school, but right. I bet you they all watch movies. Right. And even right. if they love books, I bet they're going to watch movies. And let's face it, there are movies and there are movies, just like yes. there are books and there are books. So it's not that you can necessarily turn every... Um, summer superhero movie into <laughs> uh, a real literature learning experience although there's some that you probably can yes um but there are movies out there i just recently um finished creating a, a study guide to go along with the movie the truman show and oh. it's all about archetypes and it's all about um um i just lost the word satire there, there we go. go and 
it's like killer. There's so much in this movie, so much there Mm -hmm. that will help a teen understand satire and social commentary Mm -hmm. and then help them understand the idea of archetypes. Archetypes is a hugely important literary concept. Absolutely. But it's it's crystal clear in this movie. So why not learn about it oh, yeah. in a different medium? So yes, yeah. movies, big fan. Yeah. Yeah, we decided to take a big chance at Seven Sisters and think outside the box. Yes. Wow, Imagine there's that something happened. weird. Woo. Yeah. We're usually such conformists, but yes. not so much this time. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, if you're new to us, you must know. That, that was that sarcasm. sarcasm. That was satire. Similar to satire. Yes, that's right. That's right. It's a kissing cousin. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we have a a new curriculum out that I think is then going to have follow-ups to it as well, hopefully. But Cinema Studies for Literature Learning. And it's um, you can buy individual guides to go with a particular movie title that interests you, or they're bundled for 15 titles that would cover a whole year. And um, they're geared toward visual learners who maybe are reluctant readers or slow readers, where um, having to do a really long book list is just overwhelming. But it's to use the movies to actually teach these concepts, these literary devices and elements of good literature, and um, to find them in good movies. So it really is building literature skills and critical thinking skills so that, that you can make the most out of something that's going to happen anyway. Exactly. So what, what might be some of the titles that are... Some of the titles, let's see. Um, we have Alfred Hitchcock's The 39 Steps. We Ooh. have Field of Dreams. We have Hoosiers and Rudy. And oh, we got a lot of sports movies. Show, a lot of sports movies. Great yeah, movies. Um, that's mainly just because they popped into my head. <laughs> I probably should have put the list in front of me before. We have The Quiet Man and we have Moby Dick. Which Moby Ooh. Dick is? The Gregory Peck one, Ooh. the 1952, yes. And we have uh, The Miracle Worker, the Anne Bancroft oh, one. Oh, wow. And. Um, yeah, there's there's a whole there's a whole bunch, bunch of good mm-hmm. ones. So so they're getting inspiration by watching the movies because those are just good movies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also getting some literature out of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So wow. a kid couldn't only do movies no. every all year all through high school, Absolutely but for for kids who are going to be watching movies in life to gain some skills, it sure is a good idea. Yep, and it'll open some beautiful conversation and open up a lot of great responsive writing assignments too. A lot of kids who don't really like to write will write in response to the movie and the study guide without much complaining. So Mm -hmm. it'd be fun to do on your own or as a family or a Mm co-op. And honestly, it's, I can see that being a bridge. Like I actually wanted to do this kind of stuff with my kids. My kids were more in the box thinkers and they thought, no, that's not right. That can't count as literature. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, mom's the kid. The kids are the, yeah. Anyway, the kids are the responsible ones in my family. <laughs> you had one of yours that just wanted a book. Just, give right. me a just, just make me do it the way I'm supposed to. Make me suffer. Um, but how powerful to use movies to learn the concepts and then another year you're applying those concepts to the literature, so so you're kind of so building it in step by step. Yeah, that familiarity. Yeah. So you could use it for a bridge for somebody who's more of a reluctant reader, but you could also use it for a year that a student who's doing some really high-level other courses and maybe needs something a little less a little intensive less demanding. Mm-hmm. and demanding in the volume of hours spent and still high quality. 
So there we yeah. go. We hope we're, we're giving you lots of novel approaches <laughs> to teaching literature in your homeschool high school because literature is awesome. It is all about connecting people through communication. And um, you just alliterated so well. I, Thank you very much. I don't much. even mean to do it. It just that's the beauty of it. And because you know, there's happens. just not run one, one right not way to do it. One right there way. Really that is so true. Yes. Yeah. Um, so share your ideas for out of the box literature experiences. We would love to see you on the Seven Sisters Homeschool Facebook page or on mm. the Homeschool High School Podcast Facebook page or the blog at sevensistershomeschool.com. We like to hear from you because everybody has a better experience homeschooling when they get to share with one another and learn. And, you know, God kind of designed us to be in relationship with one another. And we think really good stuff comes out of sharing. Yeah, Yeah. we we get such a kick when people ask us questions because a lot of times people will ask things like we got a question the other day about um, how do you record missions trips on the transcript? I never thought about, you know, sharing that information. Mm-hmm, and right. so we said, okay, so we answered the question and then turned it into a blog post so that other people right. can find it. So that's so, yeah, it. it's really, it's it's helpful to us in knowing what are people asking and what, what yeah. do people need some more conversation about when you share things that are going on in your homeschool. So Absolutely. please do share. And if you have a moment and can share a review on iTunes, that yeah. will help mm-hmm. other homeschooling families find us when they search for podcasts. Yeah. Let us know your family's favorite movies or movies you wish there were study that guides for. There were study for. guides, yeah. Yeah. All right, and I think we're going to wrap it up for today. So thank you for joining us here on the Homeschool High School Podcast from Seven Sisters Homeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Mm-hmm.